This is most certainly true. In the greatest act of selfless mercy, God sent His own Son into our world to die for your sins. And we can't stop talking about it. We now present this sermon, recently delivered at Grace, to you. The second reading from the New Testament book of Hebrews, chapter 12. These words of the Lord will serve as the basis for today's sermon. You have not come to a mountain that can be touched, and that is burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I am trembling with fear. But... You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word blood of Abel. The word of the Lord. Friends told John, you should try a new business. That meant a career shift from his original training, and it felt like a leap in the dark. How would it go? Uncertainty. Ted and Dora were heartbroken. They so wanted kids of their own, but it was not to be. So they focused on the tasks at hand, but as the number of people they served grew, so did their responsibilities. Could they handle it all? Uncertainty. Anna told Chuck, We both still share in the heartbreak of the loss of our son by death in childhood 11 years ago. And now during your hospital stay with a fractured skull because of the hit-and-run car accident while you were walking along the road, I wondered whether you would survive. But now I'm not not pressuring you to hurry up and, and get back to work, but I have to tell you that I'm not sure I'll be able to earn enough to support the family. Uncertainty. Bill saw the coming economic crash, but he never imagined that it would be so bad that the school where he worked would disappear. Uncertainty. Life's roads have a lot of curves, and at times, hairpin turns with no guardrail. Has a thought ever passed your mind? Will I be able to make it to the end of the month? To the end of the week? To the end of the day? Or when is the other shoe going to drop? Uncertainty. Where do we get confidence and certainty to live life in this world? 
Today's second reading from the letter to the Hebrews in chapter 12 has something to say about that. The banker calls and leaves a voicemail requesting an in-person meeting. When you do meet in person, you notice a very official-looking document on his desk in front of him, and he says, this is an important contract, and it reads, every beneficiary of the person whose name is on the bottom line is set to receive $25,000 a month for life, tax-free. This program is set to begin 25 years from now. You take a closer look at that official contract and how about that? Your name is on the bottom line. Wouldn't that be something? You'd gather your friends and family and of course the people that you have chosen who would get your stuff when you shuffle off this mortal coil and to celebrate this guaranteed contract. That's what happened to Abraham. God presented him with a guaranteed contract and Abraham's name was on the bottom line. Of course, God wasn't promising that each of Abraham's descendants would get $25,000 a month, but something far better. The Savior of the world was going to come from them. Surely Abraham gathered with his family and friends to join in the fun of celebrating this guaranteed contract. Let's go back to the story about the banker and the contract. Let's say that you died. Sorry, it's gross, but okay. Let's say that you died, but the 25 years have not yet expired from the first presentation of that contract. That means that the people you have as beneficiaries, the people you designated to get your stuff, whether friends or your kids or whomever, they still can't collect on that 25000 a month because the 25 years have not elapsed yet. And now let's add a twist to the story. Let's say that those you have chosen to get your stuff were lazy, didn't want to work, didn't look for a job, sat around all day playing video games, and they were mean-spirited. And they blamed the banker for their financial troubles in their life. They threw eggs at his bank, soaped the windows of his house, keyed his car. The banker was so upset he hauled them all into his office, and the room almost shook with his thundering voice. You people are so immature. You act as though you have forgotten the contract I made with your benefactor. I should rip up that contract and forget about you. But since I'm a nice guy, I'm not going to do that. Instead, I'm going to help you remember that contract which I made with your benefactor and to do that, I'm going to set up with you an additional temporary contract. And here's the conditions. You have to live next door to me so I can keep an eye on you. And while I'm going to take care of your food and shelter, you're supposed to come and will come to my bank three times a year to celebrate the original contract that I made with your benefactor. I know the terms of the contract of this new temporary contract might seem odd and maybe will be somewhat of a burden to you, but this contract, this temporary additional contract, is for your good. That's how God dealt with Abraham's descendants, the Israelites. They were mean-spirited and rebelled against the Lord. 
So God hauled them into his office. Not in a bank. It was a mountain, Mount Sinai. And the mountain shook, thundering with his voice. You Israelites are so immature. You act like you've forgotten the original contract that I made with your ancestor Abraham. I should tear it up, rip it up, and forget about you. But I'm also a compassionate God, so I'm going to help you remember the original contract I made with your ancestor Abraham. And to do that, I'm going to set up a temporary, additional contract just for you. Here's the terms. You are to live in the land where I tell you to live and eat the food I tell you to eat and to come to my worship facility three times a year to celebrate the original contract that I made with your ancestor Abraham. The terms of this contract, this additional temporary one, might seem odd to you and sometimes may be a burden, but they are for your good. The Bible writer of the Hebrews describes the scene for his first readers. He says, You have not come, you have not come to a mountain that can be touched, that's burning with fire, to darkness, gloom, and storm, to a trumpet blast, or to such a voice speaking words that those who heard it begged that no further word be spoken to them, because they could not bear what was commanded. If even an animal touches the mountain, it must be stoned to death. The sight was so terrifying that Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. Twenty-five years have passed since the banker set up his contract with you to give, 25 years later, your descendants or your family or friends, whoever you chose, this 25,000 month. Twenty-five years have now passed. Whether you're still alive or dead doesn't matter for this story. The banker now, on the appointed day, goes to the home of each one of those people you had chosen to get your stuff. He rips up the temporary additional contract and presents them with the old original contract, but in a new format. Not only does it have your name on the bottom line, but all of their names as well. And then he presents each one of them with the first of the $25,000 monthly checks. Wow. God does not deal with us as he dealt with those Israelites at fiery Mount Sinai. He does not treat us as immature children. He has ripped up the temporary additional disciplinary contract he made only with the Israelites. We know that because the temple curtain in Jerusalem ripped in two when Jesus died on the cross. And now he presents us with the original contract he made with Abraham, but in a new format. It's got our names on it. Our names are on that contract. The Bible writer tells us, you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. God has placed us in the family of believers, the holy Christian church, so that he can give to us something better than $25,000 a month tax-free for life. Something better. Do you, do you grasp the significance of what this Bible writer is telling you? Lots of people would like to have job security. But who knows if there will be downsizing or cutbacks, uncertainty. Lots of people would like to hear from the doctor after an annual checkup, a clean bill of health. But who knows if there are arteries slowly clogging inside or if there's cancer cells swimming around unseen in there. Uncertainty. Lots of people would like to have stable, healthy relationships, but who knows? if a relationship 
crumbles or if someone moves away or when death comes calling, uncertainty. There is only one way to get ultimate certainty in this life. And that's the fact that not even death can take away our status with God. Our names are written in heaven. So the banker is able to to pay for this $25,000 a month for all the people you have chosen, whether it's your friends or family or your kids or whomever you've chosen. He's able to pay for that because an anonymous donor died and willed gazillion dollars to the bank in order to fund the project. The project of having all of our sins forgiven and our names written in heaven has to be funded. One little untruth, one little hurtful comment, one arrogant thought that I'm better than somebody else might on a sin scale weigh less than robbery or murder. But every sin, no matter whether we think they're big or little, every sin has to be paid for and the payment is the same for every single sin. Do you think that you can buy a get-out-of-hell-free card from God? Do you think $25,000 a month paid to God will be enough? The blood of bulls and goats wasn't enough for the Israelites. All those animal sacrifices the Israelites did in the Old Testament days reminded them that a bigger payment had to be made because the payment for every single sin, whether we think it's big or little, every single sin, the payment is hell. But listen to the Bible writer. The blood of Jesus, God's Son, purifies us from all sin. And yet, how easy is it for us to hear again, Jesus paid for all of our sins, and to think, okay, Jesus paid for all my sins. I've heard that before, but that's really not a game changer for me right now in my life. After all, I'm so busy. Just think, it's like summer is almost over. School is starting. Where did that go? And I've got a lot of other things on my mind, including all the uncertainty I have in my life. I can't really prioritize thinking all the time about God's forgiveness of my sins. Maybe, maybe a ride on a time machine would be best to whisk us back to a finger touch of that fiery mountain Sinai where we would see God's holy anger and fire consume rebels and hear the thundering of his voice. If you and I were actually there, I know I for one would be shaken in my sandals worried that God would torch me for what has passed through my mind or out of my lips this past week. But I would also be reminded if back in a time machine at Sinai to appreciate what God has done about my sin and that he's done with it. Way back, right after the Garden of Eden, Cain murdered his brother brother Abel. And Abel's spilled blood called out to God for vengeance. Jesus spilled blood, calls out to God for something else. God put his own son on two hunks of crossed lumber in order to make him pay for our sins. Jesus paid for our sins with hell in our place. 
so that we never would. The Bible writer says, Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, is the one we have come to. And we have come to his sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. Our names are written in heaven. The people you chose to receive this $25,000 a month, whether it's friends or your kids or whomever you have chosen, once that 25 years are up and this contract goes into force, the people who receive that 25000 a month would not have to pay it back. They were under no obligation to pay it back. They got it as a free gift. Wouldn't you hope that they would at least be thankful? Jesus funded the project to get our sins completely paid for, and our name is written in heaven. What next? How do we respond? How about, as the Bible writer here says, let us be thankful. That means that skipping worship, letting a relationship or even a marriage relationship deteriorate without working hard at it, holding off on offerings because someone or something ticked us off, poo-pooing the idea of additional Bible study are not options. The Bible writer says, let us be thankful and so worship God with reverence and awe. The people that I talked about at the beginning of this sermon are not make-believe. They are our spiritual ancestors. John is Johannes Mühlhäuser, who started this congregation almost 175 years ago at the encouragement of friends, which meant for him a career shift from his original training. Ted and Dora, that's our second pastor, Theodore Yackel and his wife, who remained childless and yet focusing on responsibilities, were burdened with a burgeoning congregation. Anna and Chuck, that's our third pastor, Carl Gauzewitz and his wife. And they did experience the heartbreak of the loss of a child who died at a young age. And he did end up in the hospital near death with a skull fracture, having been hit by a car while he was walking just two blocks up this hill. Bill is Pastor William Sauer, who faced the ravages of the Great Depression. Each one of our spiritual ancestors at some moment in their lives, had to deal with uncertainty. What gave them certainty and confidence to live their life for the Lord and to walk the paths of this life and the streets of Milwaukee? God's promises and love are recorded right here in the Holy Scriptures, and he put their names on the bottom line. Like our spiritual ancestors, our names are written in heaven. And this is most certainly true. Thanks for listening. 
To learn more about God's grace or to support this ministry, please visit gracedowntown.org today. This grace is for you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace.